only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. And I hope that this guy's enjoying it, by the way, okay? I hope that this guy's enjoying it right now. When he walks into a bar and people want to... They want to talk They're to him. They're chanting your name. They want to ask yeah. him questions. They're throwing rose petals on the floor like in Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. And here's Jerry DePoto. Let's hear it for the architect. <laughs> Hang on. Of the 2023 World Series champion, <laughs> Seattle Mariners, Jerry DePoto is with us here. Hey, no pressure on you, pal. How you doing? There's a, 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 I'm trying to avoid the rose petals on the way. I here. love it. You look fabulous. I'm fired up. Yeah, I'm ready to rock. Fabulous. Hey, listen. Does he look like he could jump in the lineup right now? There's, I, huh? I was is actually there, is, thinking. Is that what you're thinking? I was thinking that he would be the one that was running out on the field. There like, you go. No Morgana back in the day. That's right. Oh. Kissing you know what's? Were you listening to the show earlier? That <laughs> was brought up on our 10 to 1 show. Get out of here. Whatever happened to Morgana? Wow. I, I don't know, but I remember her going out. And I think she's no longer with us, Steve by the way. Garvey. Oh, she isn't? I'm, I'm not totally Steve sure. Garvey. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, what, what would your reaction be if I jumped out of my seats today in the fifth inning, ran to center field, and kissed Julio Rodriguez? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> You'd have a procession of people following behind you, is my guess. Yeah, you would, I would hope there's like some sort of security detail for that guy, like where a guy like this couldn't get close to him. That's right. But That's I, right. I think as, and we can only know if we find out. Let's find out tonight. Oh God. Let's we find do out have tonight. A, a vast security team who will chase you, and the more you're willing to, you know, kind of engage, run in circles. That's right. The more entertaining that becomes for. Where, where where do you watch the games, and what is game day, especially opening night, like for you? Uh, we have a little space next to the press box, you know, so it's uh, it, we'll get up there tonight because we have a lot of on-field. I'll get up there right about the time the first pitch is being thrown, you know, and just grab a quick bite to eat. And I'll sit with Justin, my wife. Justin's wife will be there tonight, there a couple of the people from the office. And, uh, you know, there's unfortunately we can only fit six or seven people in our little space. Softy so was, yeah. was going to ask me to come up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. you're bounced. I, like, I, like I, like, <laughs> I liked how you stopped right there and made sure that he didn't invite himself there. That's a veteran move on your part. I was going to say, <laughs> could, could, could Ian and I, there's 81 of these. Could we watch a game with you? Just one day. Just one. Yeah, Just one. one. Yeah. Can we, one you're in? Yeah, sure. Okay. Good. I'm going to hold him to it, by the way. I know you'll try to hold him to it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> Me, maybe not you. This year opening, just softly joked about it, but it's true. You walked in here. A year ago when you walked in here, same thing. We sat down and talked. We didn't let Softy be part of that conversation last year, but, you know, things change. You guys get to the playoffs. Bigger deal. You, got, you walked in here, probably not a lot of people said anything. You walked in here today, all joking aside, and people were like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. You know, almost like Seinfeld. Here he comes. Which is pretty cool. Very cool. How different does it feel going into this season than a year ago? You know, pretty excited overall. I love opening day. I, You know, it's always exciting to yeah. start a season. But this season does feel different in, yeah. in good ways. We're, we're coming back off a magical finish. I think this group of players is phenomenal to spend time around. And I'm sure you guys have had a chance to sit down with a few it's just a wonderful group of guys. It's so easy to root for, and there's they believe we're going to go win the World Series. And yeah. you know, it's when you're around a group that believes that, there's really no telling what you can accomplish because 
Our starting rotation, in my mind, is as good as anybody's that we're going to play. Our bullpen has been as steady as a rock for a couple of years. There's no reason to believe it's different. This is the deepest lineup we've had in a number of years that yeah. I think really gets underrated in a lot of ways. And we've got a, a group of players who love playing together, and they believe it. That's exciting. I, you know, so I'm with them. I, there's one... When we are asked, what's what's the goal? The goal is to go win the World Series. Yeah, and, I love and it. Now we got to focus on small things. Jerry, it's funny. You brought up chemistry a couple times there. And I remember talking to Dave Henderson back in the day, may he rest in peace, about those early 80s or late 80s, early 90s A's teams. And he would say, Ian, to me, God, McGuire, Canseco, Walt Weiss, Lansford, myself, Eckersley, we couldn't stand each other. They hated each other. But it didn't matter because they had so much freaking talent. How important, honestly, is chemistry in baseball, and how much of that do you look to find when you're putting together a roster? So, sometimes you have to stumble into it, you know. And, and I know Jim Leland, I played for Jim Leland in the late 90s, uh, and at least briefly, one year. And, and I asked Jim about chemistry because I look back at those teams that he had in Pittsburgh. You know, the Bonds, Bonilla, you know, it, they were not exactly harmonious. Right, clubs. exactly right. <laughs> And I asked Jim, I said, you know, what do you buy into chemistry? He said, 100%. He said, you have to believe in chemistry. He said, but I'm not a chemist. He's, he said, you, you find the right group, and when you get the right group, understand what you have and then hold on to it. So when we go out and we're trying to build a club, there's we're trying to identify players we think are going to fit well with the group, but there is no secret sauce. There is no, you know, it, it might be that what a team needs is a little bit of an edge instead of another super nice guy. It might be the guy who's, you know, the psychotic, intense right. type as opposed to, you know, the, the, the they're going to take you out to dinner after the game type. There's, sure, It takes sure. all different kinds. Okay, so let's talk about that. If there's that guy on your roster, that psychotic guy, who is that guy? If we have that, Tom Murphy. <laughs> a, yeah, Murph is, and I will say Murph's about as thoughtful as they get. Yeah, you know, very mindful guy. Calculated, right? Uh, but he's he has, I mean, it's like the, uh, to, to draw a Kraken, you know, reference, it's his Brandon Tana of eyes. He's there you got go. The, there you go. You know, Murph is the, he's the, the, the acid metal banger in the, the clubhouse. Every player in there respects him because when he gets in the in the weight room, it's intensity personified. When it's game time, it is intensity personified. He's a, he operates at a very high tilt, and he can be that kind of intense. Jared Kelnick has some of that in him, and I, you know you need guys like that on a team. And, and then you get your Gino Suarez. So we're like, hey, it's it's good, good vibes. We're all we're all happy to be here. We had uh, Andres Munoz came over earlier, and we were talking about like nice guys and guys you want to root for. I mean, I was I was blown away by this young man. Like, just how he said, I wanted to come and speak in person, not on the phone. Wanted, and he walked in. He walks in in his you know half a uniform. People were going bananas in here. And I just I, I thought that spoke volumes of him and just kind of who and what he is. And you talk about the chemistry. We'll go back a little bit as far as just the that intensity. Did you miss that from Murphy last year? Like, I know you didn't have the same solid backup catching that you would have liked. But did you miss that little intangible? 100%. And it's part of the reason why we went out and got Kurt Casale, because we had heard a lot of really good things about Kurt. But it's really it's impossible to replicate the intensity that Murph brings in our clubhouse. Yeah. And, you know, the, the programs that we run, the advanced scouting programs that we're, that we're running right now as we speak, Murph is a leader in the clubhouse in making sure that everybody's dialed and knows this is important, this is how we win games. You know, going back, and today's catcher, the way they approach a game is very different than it was even just 10 years ago. And, you know, the information that they have to ingest, that they have to be able to, to connect and communicate with on pitchers, 
and, and I think a lot of the, the, the growth that we've seen from Cal Raleigh is it can be attributed to from watching guys like Tom Murphy do what they do. And uh, it's it's great to have him back. I, I hope he has a wonderful year. I he's he crushes left hand pitching. He can call a game with anybody in the league mm. and there's so much leadership that he brings to the table every day that I think we, we really missed last year. Well, uh, Jerry DePoto joining us, uh, Safi and Furness from Jimmy's on first and I want to I, I want to go into character here for a second, okay? I want to put my costume on, my, my crazy lunatic. I thought you had it on. No, no, this you is, just had it a minute ago. What are you is talking how about? I, this is how I dress every day. I wear this to bed for crying out loud. He probably does. I want to put on my crazy East Coast lunatic baseball costume, baseball fan costume for a second, okay? And I'll ask you about your designated hitter for today's game. Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella has a 7.36 OPS, Jerry, and he's got 40 home runs lifetime. How can he be your DH? Talk to me about that. He hits righties. You know, and part of what we did with this, this roster is we built matchups that we thought were to our advantage. And, and if you look around the league, and even if you go back and you look at teams when we were growing up watching baseball, you yeah. know, the, and this dates back to the Casey Stengel Yankees before I was watching baseball. The the best teams in the league, toward the bottom of their lineups, they had matchup players that you could you could rotate in and out depending on the handedness of the other pitcher. You know, would we prefer to have a big banger who's out there just hitting fourth DHing? Maybe, but then you don't get the opportunity to play a lot of those guys that we want to make sure get their reps. Right. And part of what we're doing here. We want to be the world champions in 2023, but we want this to be a generation of championship teams that we put on the field. And if you don't, if you're not attentive to allowing those young players the reps, the Julios, the Kelnicks, the, you never find out what Ty France is capable of. Like the Padres, you know, you, you didn't, you weren't able to find out what he could do because you didn't provide him the reps. So allowing guys those matchups, if you've got the veteran left-handed hitter who buys you the ability to match him up with a younger right-handed hitter, okay. Colton Wong and Dylan Moore fit. Tommy Lestella right now, Cooper Hummel, they fit. Cooper Hummel swings it from both sides, from the right side. It's pretty impressive what he's able to do. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. We're also flexible enough to do other things. But Tommy's a professional hitter. He makes a ton of contact. And in a game where the, the defensive shifts have been regulated or, you know, they're going to be, I guess, less prominent than they've been in years past, guys with Tommy's skill set who don't strike out, who do put the ball in play, who hit from pole to pole, while he doesn't hit it over the fence like a traditional DH, he does hit. Yeah. And he gets yeah. on base, which to us is the most important piece. You feel better? Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good answer. All right, I'm just checking. Uh, <laughs> every year, Jerry, when we uh, we cover Seahawks training camp, and there's always a guy that ends up being the training camp All-American. Like, you just go, holy cow, shorts and a T-shirt. This guy is the best player in the National Football League. And then inactive on most game days. You never see him again. The guy disappears. I, I, the spring Cactus League equivalent of that sometimes is a player that just tears the cover off the ball, looks phenomenal. Uh, you have a guy that did that, and I'm not saying he's training camp All-American, but you know what I'm talking about. You're a left fielder. What would make you believe that this year, watching what you did in spring training, have the success which he's had before in spring training, this year will translate to that ballpark right there? Well, I guess this year's spring training was louder than, than it's ever been before with Jared. And it's not just the, the fact that he hit some homers. There's the, the quality of the contact we saw. I mean, Jared hit balls north of 100, 105 miles an hour every day. Right. And... You know, more importantly, you know, and I just said this a moment ago, you know, talking across the street, he, 
Jared's focused on small things right now, and he's never really been like that. And all the time that we've had J.K., uh, since the day we acquired him, he had big goals. He had big visions of, of what was going to come in his career, and and he had great talent. You know, he right self-imposed pressure too. He puts a lot of pressure on himself, okay. like many players do. Though, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and with with J.K., he had a broad sense of what was going to, what his career might look like, what this season would look like. He would set, you know, statistical goals on and on what the the end result might be, instead of focusing on that moment and. Right now, Jared's focused in the moment. He's focused on small things, and I think small focus allows you to miss and still be a good player. Yep. Big focus, when it starts to go off the rails for you a little bit, it just goes off the rails. And, and I'm thrilled with where he is. His swing, he's changed his swing, I think, in a good way. His Ow. barrel's in the Ow. zone. Yeah. Just, you'll have to watch it. You know, his, his hands are more relaxed. He's not hunched over. He's a little more upright. There's more ease and athleticism in his body in the box. And his swing plane is far less steep. Got it. You know, his, and his barrel stays in the zone. It's, it's really noticeable if you watch batting practice today. And you can see it in the way he, he's finishing his swing more than when he's starting his swing. And what it's allowing him to do, he already barrels the ball a lot. And he has even during his times of struggle. You know, the idea is to barrel the ball and make more contact. Yeah. Because if he's making more contact, the, the barrels will take care of themselves. And he has the, the physical ability to be a star. You know, and, and I don't think there are a few in the game that would dispute his physical ability. Now he just has to take it. And, and hopefully walk it with him across the line from Peoria to Seattle because we watched it for the last 40 days down there. It was pretty phenomenal, the transition, and the way he was carrying himself professionally. You know, he's a, just a far more, you know, we, we got a milder, more focused, more stoic version of Jared than we've ever seen. Yep. He's he's grown up as a player. It's a game of failure. We all know that, right? Like you're going to fail more often. Sadly, than you, I yeah, do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but is the biggest test for him going to be when he does hit that skid? Like hopefully it's not for a while. Hopefully it's very short. But every player, Julio will hit a skid at some point. Everyone's going to hit that skid. Is that going to be the proof? Like okay, you're there. Like you said, you can't focus on the big. It's the little. Is that when the, the big true test will come? I think that's the true test for everybody. You know, it's yeah. a, is when that struggle comes. And for Jared, maybe a little more. You know, but I think he has already gone through a level of struggle like none of the others out there have gone through. You know, it's 500 plate appearances of really battling to find his way in the game. And that that's not a, a common thing that a lot of these guys go through. And, you know, Julio might go through a two for 20, you know. Jared's gone through that for two years. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really difficult thing to, you know, he's not had the ability to come up for air. And I, and I think last September when he came back to the big leagues and then ultimately got back in the lineup for the postseason, there was a, just a different air about him. You know, he came up and he was he was looser. His he wanted to go out and have fun and contribute. And he saw the postseason and yeah. it was it was team first, team oriented, and everything. His his personality, his approach just changed. And and I think we're watching the next step in that evolution. It's pretty cool. Uh, Jerry Depoto with us from the Mariners, getting ready for Game One of 162 at 7:10 tonight against the Guardians. And obviously, Julio was extended, Castillo was extended, but they were already here. How is this team better 
today than the one that we saw in the year in that great game against the Astros. There's, I, I think we're better at multiple positions. You know, we're better at second base. I, again, we don't have Demo here today. Dylan Moore, another of those who who was extended. Yep. Really good player. Doesn't get enough credit for what he does on the field. He he defends. He runs the bases. He's got real power. He gets on base and he does it all, especially against left-hand pitching. Colton Wong has been about as steady a two, two-and-a-half-win player as you can be in our league. And over the last three years, he too underwent a swing change of sorts. Mm. You know, his, his fly ball, ground ball ratios switched considerably after he went to Milwaukee and began working with the coaches there. We saw a spike in home runs. We saw a spike in doubles. You know, Colton can hit, and if you go look at what he does against right-hand pitching, and you normalize it to a league, you know, using WRC Plus or OPS Plus and, and normalizing it at 100, Colton against against right-hand pitching is about a 120, mm. and, and a 120 is 20% better than the average player. Right. And whether that comes with home runs or not, it comes. And, you know, you do that, and then you dump Teoscar Hernandez in the middle of the lineup, who I, most people don't recognize because he's been playing in Toronto. This guy's fourth in the league in home runs over the last three years and four years. He's a two-time silver slugger. It makes our lineup a lot more imposing and allows Cal Raleigh and Gino Suarez and Kelnick to hit in those six, seven, eight hole in the lineup. And that's by itself, that's a huge improvement for us. When you've got 30 homer hitters, and, and Cal and, and Gino are that, you know, Cal 27 a year ago, Gino's 30 standing still. There's We've got those guys now hitting yep. toward the tail end of our lineup, and that's legit. And you mentioned Tay Oscar. And, uh, coincidentally enough, Mitch Hanniger starting the year on the DL, by the way, for the Giants today with an oblique strain. So, again, we get it. We wish him the best. But I'm curious to know, I've always been a big fan of getting guys in a contract here, and that's what you have with Tay Oscar Hernandez. Is that real? In it's, your opinion? I think so, and I've, I've been a big fan of it, too. It's real. It's Teoscar. It's Colton Wong. You know, we get Tom Murphy back in a very similar scenario this yep. year. Yep. You know, those are the three most prominent, you know, additions in that way. I guess to a lesser extent, A.J. Pollock, and you know, who also, again, rakes left-hand pitching. We should be some kind of lineup against lefties especially, and there are plenty in our division. We have had, you know, very mixed results over the years in picking up that contract year player that you think is going to spike as he heads toward free agency and it could it could be adam frazier it could be adam lind and you know there there are guys that we've picked up through the years where where you think you're going to get that you know head to free agent spike and it really just doesn't happen and you know the the more you recognize it and you watch a player like coolio coolio does very well when eyes are on him right you know there's some players that like to have that kind of attention, that like to be under that kind of added pressure, whatever you know, whatever it is they have. It. You know, I think Teoscar has that. Colton Wong has played with a chip on his shoulder since he was five. You know, there's a and he's been on championship quality teams. He's been to postseasons. This year, instead of just finding guys who were in contract years, we went out and. and tried to find guys that were in contract years who had played on championship type teams that yeah. played in yeah. playoff environments and you know we added 21 years of playoff experience between Colton and Teoscar and AJ Pollock and Listella they've been there they've been through that and you know that's I want players who are in the winning stage of their career not the let's go out and see how much more money I can make part of their career uh, Jerry I'm curious with the new rule changes going on if that if there's some of those that benefit your team, I, on the surface I would think speed, 
I mean, you got a Haggerty. When Moore comes back, Julio, guys capable of stealing bases. I don't know how to fix your pitchers in terms of holding guys on or even the pitch clock. How do you? Th- First of all, fans, you know, 26 minutes shaved off game times in Cactus League game. Get here, get ready for two and a half hours, you're done. Thanks for coming. The games will be shorter. But the actual rule changes, how do they affect your team in a positive way? So I think the fact that we are, A, younger and a little bit more athletic than most of the teams we're going to play, the games are going just, they're going fast. And, and by fast, I don't just mean on the clock. There's more action. It's happening at a quicker pace. You know, conditioning, athleticism, uh, seemingly push you up the the food chain we have that we do have hags we've got dylan moore we've got julio we've got kelnick we've got guys that can go run count cooper hummel as as sneaky one of those guys colton wong is a 25 30 stolen base guy yeah yeah we can run and change the game in that way but the thing i like most about our team as we go into these new rules is with the pitch clock all of our guys have played in with with these rules you know we, we have a very young pitching staff there's a, their exposure to it wasn't, hey, quick date in 30 days in spring training. Right. They've all played. They're not it, setting their ways. That's right. They've right. all done right. this before. Yep. So it's a, yep. Our guys, we didn't hear a single peep. We didn't hear a complaint in any way when, when we were d- down in spring training. They just went out and did the thing that they were used to doing, and they couldn't believe everybody else was, was moaning. Absolutely. Hey, we got to let you go, first of all. But second of all, I've been chuckling for the last couple minutes here. Why is that? Because you talked about wanting guys with championship, veteran, postseason experience, things like that. We had Scott on the air last March, and I asked him about that, about going out and getting more veteran players for the (laughs) roster. You know what he told me, Jerry? You know what his response was when I asked him that question? No idea. This is it right here. Are you serious with that question? Okay. He asked me if I was serious with that. And then you went out the next day and you got Gino and Winker the very next freaking day. So I'm glad to know that these guys are finally paying attention to me and what I think should be done with the baseball team. It's about damn time. Okay. So, so Jerry, what you learned today is that Softy's helping control the front office. That's he's, right. He's known for his analytics. That's right. He really is. I mean, he's, no, he's known for his analytics and notify security that there may be an issue later on tonight, all right? Hey, if anybody runs out out of the field tonight, you're going to think for a split second, is that Softy? There's a chance it could be him. I also have to say, as I, as I roll in and I see Softy in his East Coast baseball fan, you know. Decked out head to toe. Right. Yeah. right. There's, I would not have bet on the technological capability of just reaching down for the computer and dragging out yeah. a year-old It's pretty out. amazing. On demand. Here yeah. it is again. Very right there. serious with that question? There you go. All right, Jerry, great stuff. Good <laughs> luck this year. Go kick some ass. Thanks, we'll, Jerry. Hey, we'll talk in November, okay? How's that? Thanks, guys. Appreciate right, it. Man. Jerry DePoto with us on the radio show. Great to have him on the program. And I don't know, man, it's hard not to be fired up right now, Ian, for this baseball team. We'll see what happens. We'll see how this thing goes. But right now, there is reason for extreme optimism, and it's freaking awesome. I said it all throughout my show, and, and I, I'll say it again to, to wrap things up before I turn it over to you solo, and it's this. We have faked our way through a lot of enthusiastic opening days over the years. That's right. That's not the case this year. No, no, no. That is no. not the case this no. year. And I, you know what I loved? I loved hearing the GM come in and talk about World Series. He's excited. I, Absolutely. Like, but what, like, yeah. like, if we ask Peter John or, or, or Haxtell and, and, and Francis, you know, Stanley Cup final, right. Super Bowl, right. well, we're always competing. You'll right. get that kind of stuff. Right. He said the words yeah. World Series. 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, well, it's uh, it's the next logical step. We had him on the air with us, I think, back in January or February, and I, Chuck and Buck were down there in Peoria as well and had him on. And yep. I, I, I asked him, I said, if you were a fan of this baseball team, what would your expectations be? And he said, flat out, take the next step. Well, the next step is the ALCS. The next step is getting back to a point where this franchise has not been in 22 freaking years, back when you were 55 years old. So, all right, man. I was 45, actually. I'm sorry. Good stuff. See ya. Uh, are you hanging around till 7 o'clock? Uh, no, I'm going to have you a beer. Got, you got TV duties, all that? Already thing? done. This, this, this morning. Mr. Important. Been here since 4, man. Okay, fine. You know what? Cry me a river, all right? I, I've been up since 4.30. God, look at you. I, I, I look good, too. I look good. I make You like the Trident, awesome. don't you? I love it. I love the Trident. All right, we're going to break. We're back here at Jim. He's on first, getting ready for the Mariner opener next on Softy and Dick with no dick right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for the Final Four. The final Four. Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. The Final Four. When Jerry and I came here seven years ago, we had a goal. We needed the end the effing drought. I love baseball because of Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar and Jay Buhner and Ichiro. And those teams spurred it, doing this kind of thing, watching this on TV. You know, it's my, that's what spurred my love for the game. I, I hope we can do the same thing for this next generation of this area. Every day when the game starts, I look up those banners. We need to add another one. Matt Grash got some nasty stuff working here tonight, folks. He's ahead, 0-2-2 two, two out, nobody on it. Crowded full roar, the 0-2 pitch. He got him! Matt a 1-2-3 ninth. Who's going to be the hero in the home ninth in this 1-1 game? Robbie, where you at? Get up here. We talked about going out and taking it. The last three games right there, that's going out and taking it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Mariners baseball right there. one nothing, one one coming back. It's over! What a lot of anxious folks out here at the ballpark. 3-2 to count. The pitch from Acevedo, a drive deep to right field, down the line, the Mariners win this game 2-1, the dream lives, they're going to the playoffs, the drought is over, Cowboy, Mariners have played 46 seasons, you guys are the fifth team to ever make the playoffs, every player, staff member, Trainer, strength coach, everybody has had a hand in this along the way. Are you kidding me, Cal Raleigh? That's right, the party is going on. Congratulations to the Mariners. A long season gets paid off with a trip to the postseason. That is beautiful. Thank you to everybody that is here tonight and every Mariners fan in the Pacific Northwest. You brought the electricity tonight to this building. And it was unbelievable. You have made a difference with this team, and I thank you. Are you ready? You ready? You know, I, I don't know what it is, Jackson, but everything sounds better with the theme from Inception. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, everything sounds better with the theme from Inception. It used to be like. The Monday after the Seahawks beat the Carolina Panthers in the NFC Championship game in 2005, so that would have been January 2006. I mean, that was like right in the wheelhouse for Thunderstruck, right, for ACDC. You know, that song had come out, obviously, about a decade or so earlier, but still pretty new for some people, and that was kind of the go-to. Now I feel like it's, it's Inception. And anytime you hear that song, you just kind of hear, you can hear what hope sounds like in musical form. If that makes any sense. Wow. I know it's corny. I know it's a little bit sappy. 
uh, but you guys know me. Uh, that, 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 that to me is what hope sounds like in musical form. And, you know, sitting down there with Jerry Depoto Jackson, the last segment, it's hard to not buy into what's happening right now with this baseball team. I think they still are, as we've talked about before, maybe a bat or a bat and a half or even two bats away, but they've got areas where they can get better. And that's the beauty of this baseball team that no matter what happens starting tonight. And, you know, obviously you got four months until the trade deadline, a long way to go, obviously, you know what? Let me reset for a second. First of all, Softy and Dick. Dick's on vacation. Jackson back in the studio. Live at Jimmy's on first. Electric atmosphere down here. Getting ready for game one of a buck 62 with the Guardians at 710 tonight. Jerry DePoto joined us last segment. We started him at 245, went into our show with Ian, did 25 minutes with Jerry DePoto. If you're just tuning in right now and you missed it, we're going to replay a bunch of it for you at 6 o'clock tonight. But back to my point. Here's the cool thing about this baseball team, Jackson. They're really good on paper right now. Yeah. I think they're really good. I don't know if they're a world championship caliber roster right now when you compare them to the Dodgers and the Astros and the Yankees and teams like that, but they're really good. That's their starting point. Their, their, their starting point is, is from a pretty good, decent spot. With that rotation and that bullpen and Julio and Ty France and Gino and Ty Oscar, uh, and guys like that, Cal Raleigh, this is a this is a above average to very good baseball team already that still has room for improvement. That's the thing is that you look at a lot of baseball teams and you think, okay, they're winning 95, 96, but, man, their left fielder's making $15 million. Shortstop making $25 million. Their first baseman's making $30 million. Their catcher's making $8 million. Uh, their shortstop's making whatever. You get the point. There is room for this baseball team to get better and room to maneuver. And that's the cool thing about it for me. This rotation is nails. I'm seeing all these different uh, rankings about the Mariner rotation and baseball rotations in general all around the major leagues, and they're putting them in the, in the teens? What are you, high? Are you out of your mind? I think the reason why people put the Mariners in the teens is because they don't know who George Kirby and Logan Gilbert are. They don't know what the back end and the, and the middle part of that rotation looks like. They see Luis Castillo. They see Robbie Ray. Then they see maybe a couple of kind of fairly unproven guys in Logan Gilbert and George Kirby and a guy in Marco Gonzalez with an ERA way over four from a year ago. What they don't see is the stuff. They don't see the stuff that Kirby has. They don't see the stuff that Logan Gilbert has. They don't see the depth that this rotation has. So I would put this rotation way above where others have put them, number one. And then number two, Jackson, if we're starting from a point where this team is very, very good to really good already, but they still have obvious holes and potentially even more holes, maybe in left field, maybe a DH, yeah. maybe at shortstop. We'll see what happens as the year goes by. I am sitting here giddy thinking about what this baseball team can become if this ownership group and the men and women that own this baseball team and run this baseball team are serious about winning, if they are serious about winning a World Series and getting to a World Series for the first time ever in 47 years, if they're not content with just making the playoffs and just ending the drought, hey, ending the drought was great. Ending the drought was fine. But is that really why you're here? John Stanton was on with Ian Furness about an hour and a half ago. Is that really why John Stanton owns this baseball team? Is that really why John Stanton stays up at night to watch these guys play at 11.30 midnight when they go to extra innings? To end the drought? To make the playoffs? That's why you own this baseball team. That's why you spend hundreds of millions of dollars to make the freaking playoffs. I don't believe that. No. 
And I believe that John Stanton does want to win a, uh, win a World Series. I believe that John Stanton does take maybe a little bit too much heat from people. But the proof is in the freaking pudding, man. Go do it. It's just like Scott Service and Jerry DePoto last year when they were 10. And I don't blame those guys, by the way, for saying that at all. How could you blame them? It was seven freaking years for crying out loud. What did we say? Show us. Enough is enough already. Show us. Stop this. Get us to the playoffs, end the drought, win games, build a championship contender, and let's go. Because if you can't do it, then get out and let somebody else get in. And they've proven it. Now we're talking about that next step. Now we're talking about showing us a World Series. Now we're talking about doing something for, for this city that's never been done before. I've told you before, Jackson, I'll say it again. This team makes the World Series. It'll be the greatest sporting accomplishment this town has ever seen. This place is going to burn down. <laughs> If the Mariners make the World Series, they are going to burn Seattle to the ground. You ever see the uh, underground Seattle tour? Yeah. That's what it's going to look like. It's going to look just like that. Because when you've been waiting 47 years for something, man, when you are growing up as a kid and you're being told by your freaking relatives in New York, like me, World Series isn't for you. October baseball is not for you. Just shut up and take whatever little biscuits the sports gods give you. Yeah, you'll go, uh, you know, 500 plus in 91 or 92 with Jim Lefevre. Yeah, you'll make the postseason. Yeah, you'll have great players. But shut up about the World Series. That's not for you. I'm tired of it not being for us. And I freaking want it for us. And I want it as bad as I've ever wanted anything in my life as a sports fan growing up in this town. So uh, I'm, I'm, right now I'm jacked up. Right now I'm on freaking overload with the adrenaline. Maybe that comes to an end in a couple weeks from now when the M's are 2-12, and 12, okay? But right now, it is really hard, Jackson, for me to not buy into what this team is selling and what Jerry DePoto just told us. Well, maybe I'm a sucker, maybe I'm not, but we'll find out. Well, I mean, dude, like, you look out the window right there. You're looking at the ballpark. You're looking at everybody in the Mariner gear. It's opening day. You know, the, 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 everything right now leads you to feeling jacked up. I don't want to be the pot of cold water you know, <laughs> dumping over you. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Nothing's changed from the I last know. week and I everything know. we've been saying. But it goes back to what you just said. This team has money and room to grow. They can go at a DH, a left fielder. As this roster sits right now, I don't think it's a World Series roster. Right. But, boy, if they are in a spot where they are can and will go add at the end of July, then it can very, very very easily become a World Series roster, and that's what jacks me up. They're spending 120 million bucks. They're spending nothing. That's nothing in 2023 yeah, exactly. terms. That's 18th in baseball. Okay, the freaking Minnesota Twins, who are sitting home all winter long, freezing their balls off, are spending more <laughs> money than the Mariners are. Okay, the Colorado stinking Rockies are spending more Ugh. money than the Mariners are. So that's what gets. Uh, right now, I'm going to. And he would be really proud of me if he were here, but he's not. I'm going to pull a dick finger. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace the positive, man. All right? I'm just going to embrace the positive for now. Everybody knows my take about the roster. We've talked about it over and over and over again. We talked about it yesterday. We talked about it Tuesday on the radio show. Everybody knows my disappointment at the DH spot, left field, shortstop, blah, blah, blah. All right? Can you imagine if this baseball team is three and a half hours away from taking the field tonight against the Guardians? And they're trotting out a lineup that includes Trey Turner or Carlos Correa at shortstop oh. on this baseball oh, team man. with Julio, with Gino Suarez, oh. with Ty France, and with Teoscar Hernandez. And you can do that. You can do that in yeah. this game. So I get it. I get why people are upset. I get why people are down. I get why people are frustrated. 
when the Forbes report came out and said they made a gajillion dollars last year. Okay? <laughs> $83 million. Right. We all get that. But I just think what's important here, and I, I think Jerry understands this, and I think John understands this. I think Scott understands it, and I understand it from their perspective because it's human nature. When people are hammering you and slamming you and criticizing you over and over and over again, I get it. No matter what business you're in, sometimes it gets kind of old, okay? So I understand what those guys are talking about. But whether you have my opinion on the roster, whether you have Dick's opinion on the roster, Jackson, your opinion on this thing, on the way it's been constructed, Nathan Bishop, Chris Crawford, Ian Furness, Jason Puckett, Jim Moore, Chuck Powell, Bucky Jacobson, whatever. All of us want the same thing. We all want the same thing. We're all looking for the same end result. All of us want to win. Nobody is here rooting against this baseball team. Everybody wants this, and they want it badly. They want it badly. They want it so badly they can freaking feel it in their gut, for God's sakes. It hurts how badly you want it. All of us understand it. Maybe some of us are a little more maniacal and fanatical than others, (laughs) but all of us are wanting the same freaking thing, dude. We're all wanting it. So this whole thing like, well, you know, you were criticizing them or you were – Saying this back in the day, who gives a damn? Who cares? We went on the air last year. We were frustrated, and Jerry and Scott responded to the frustration, and they won games, and they weren't on a tear. They made the playoffs, and they took the step that they had to take. Now it's time for the next step, and one of the big reasons why this baseball team believes they can take the step is one of the best, most electric young players in baseball, Julio Rodriguez, I think this guy's voice is starting to carry a lot of weight in this town. Starting to get to a point where people recognize his eyeballs. Honestly, I put a picture on Twitter last night, uh, 24 hours away from the first pitch tonight, and I wanted to, Jackson, zoom in on the guy's eyeballs. He's got those blue eyes. You look at Julio Rodriguez's eyes. If I just showed you his eyes and I asked you who do those eyes belong to, you're going to say those are Julio Rodriguez's eyes because nobody looks like this guy. Right? I mean, let's face it. He's a good-looking guy. He's a young dude. He's got tons of energy. He's charismatic. And holy crap, can he play this game of baseball. And he talked to the media, getting ready for the game tonight, about what it's like to be back in Seattle and getting ready for one of 162 in about three and a half hours from now. We all just got back here and, like, just being around the field and, like, it feels a great vibe around the team and the fans, everybody. So I feel like we all are in a good note right now. What were your big takeaways from spring training and getting to know this team? I know you know a lot of them, but just kind of your assessment of where everybody's at as you get ready for opening day. Uh, I feel like we prepare. I feel like we prepare. We prepare ourselves well enough. Uh, I could see like throughout the off season, I feel like there was a lot of guys that did a lot of work. And even in spring training, I feel like everybody was kind of dialed in into what they needed to do. And I feel like that's what it's all about, taking care of the things that you need to do to get better and... I feel like that's what we did as a team, and that's why we're in a good spot right now. How do you hope to grow here in your second season with this team? Uh, I feel like there is room to grow every every time. I feel like that whoever said reach your limit is lying. So I feel like there is always room to grow, even the little things that people might think that uh, are not be able to grow. So I feel like the whole team has the team has always an upside. And I feel like that it's always things that we got to take care of, always things that we can improve on, and uh, there is never that one part of your game that will never grow so I feel like that's that's what we want and that's like the, the whole mentality of the team I always continue to grow how much different does this opening day feel compared to what you were feeling last year at this time uh I mean definitely is different I feel like now I know a little bit more uh kind of know how things are going to go um not know that how things are going to go but kind of have an idea 
of like how to take care of myself, like how to do certain things. And I feel like I'm able to make a better plan to say it like that. Julia, once the game gets going, what is something that you know now that you didn't know this time last year? Something that I know now that I didn't know last year. I mean, a lot of things. I was new in the Billy's. <laughs> I guess how important doing your homework really is. You know, I feel like that is always, um, you all, You can have a, like a skill set, you can have whatever you want, but if you don't do your homework up here, you don't, you're not gonna succeed. So I feel like that's something that I learned like earlier last year in the season, like in the uh, first few months. And that's kind of something that's talking with me. I feel like that's something that I'm gonna keep on doing. All right, the voice of Julio Rodriguez. It's funny how there are there are superstars in this town and big name people in this town that you can hear their voice and have no idea who it is. Julio is not one of those guys. We talked about that just a couple minutes ago, that you can look at Julio Rodriguez's eyes and you know exactly who those eyes belong to, and now you know who that voice belongs to. And speaking of a voice that you know who it belongs to, uh, Mike Astino is swinging by before he hits the bar. Thank you for doing this now and not three hours from now, by I, the way. Well, I, I've done that, uh, too, and you, you don't know that I haven't hit a bar. You I do. don't know that. I don't. Um, <laughs> At all. <laughs> and I, you could have introduced me as Rich Amaral. There we you go. Pulled off there a you go. Interview, right? Bruce Bakhti is with us on the radio show. Bruce, yes. what were those early 70s days like yeah, for you? you know, the kingdom was lonely a lot of nights, <laughs> but uh, we sure loved the fans that did come out, and it was fun. Hey, man, there is uh, there's a lot of excitement right now yeah. for this thing, and justifiably so, and I don't know how many times you you and I have talked about this. I remember I've told the story on the air many times. You and me and Pat Haller sitting at Duke's, which is now Buckley's, on Queen Anne uh -huh. after the 95 run. Oh. They were good for about eight or nine years. Should have popped, didn't. And then they went into that wasteland for a couple of decades. We've all forgotten what this day can feel like. Opening day is always special. It's always a fun day. Hope always springs eternal. But it's a hell of a lot more fun when you come off a year like they had last year. Yeah. And when you come off a three- and four-year run, like where they said, hey, here's what we're going to do. And they've stuck to the plan, and you may not like everything they did, but they, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them articulating in 2019, here's what we're doing, and then sticking with it. And I loved when we were last together, it was the Sports uh, Star of the Year Banquet, and Katie Griggs, uh, the president, uh, uh, business uh, side, right. president for the Ems, said, we've asked our fans to be patient for a long time. We're not asking that anymore. We're yeah. competing for championships. That was a that was a great thing to say, I thought, and, and, and it, it, it's as it should be. Yeah, I thought that was a great quote by her. Uh, 47 years in, I would say that that word should be stricken from the record across the street. Don't ask me to be patient. There's, there's, there's no fan base in sports, right? No fan base in baseball right. that has been more patient than Mariner fans. So uh, give us a quick thought on why this is the year. You, you, you know the roster. You know the rotation. Why will this Mike finally be the year? I, I think the pitching staff, you start with that. They've got depth there in case they don't get the kind of injury-free ride they had last year. They've got some depth in the pitching staff. Yep. Uh, they, they added to this team. Um, you know, the Julio Rodriguez signing showed every guy in that clubhouse we're serious about this. $400 million answers a lot of questions. Um, I, you know, I, maybe some guys will regress. But remember, they went through a couple of long losing stretches last year. Yep. You know, I don't know that they're going to storm to the AL West title, but they're going to be in it all year. It feels like the Astros maybe are poised to slip a little bit. I think all of those things. You've got a manager that's been there now for a long time, a general manager. I believe in sports, in every sport, you win with consistency. And you've got a, a consistent message that's been coming down, and now you've got a group of guys. You know, 
Think about them going out and getting Castillo. That's the kind of move that we've been critical of in years past. Go get somebody. Right. Well, how about we go get the best pitcher who's available? That's right. And That's we're right. going to sign him. That's right. We'll get him and sign him a yep. big deal. Yep. I, I just don't see any reason for it not, you know, a couple of guys may not be as good as they were last year. Right. I don't know if the whole team is not going to be as good as they were last year. So I think they're in. I think they're in it all year, and I, I can't wait for the season to get started. All right. Uh, double Tito Soda, please. Thank you, sir. <laughs> good Enjoy to see, good to see you, Softy. You too, man. Mike Gaston with us on the radio show. We're going to break. Lots of new stuff happening inside the stadium as well. We're going to yak about that next from Jimmy's on First right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Now back to Softy and Dick on your home for the Final Four. The final Four. Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. The Final Four. All right, boys and girls, we are back. I believe the uh, ending, the final theme, the ending of this week in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I know the name of this song, by the way. I believe it's Ooh. Gathering Crowds, if I think I'm that's not mistaken. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a dork for stuff like this. That's what we need, by the way. Maybe our next guest can help with that. Mm. We need more Saturday morning baseball magazine shows for kids on TV at 8 o'clock. Used to wa- uh, wake up and watch This Week in Baseball. Then you'd watch Johnny Bench and the Fun Bunch back in the day. Where have those shows gone? I want them back. And a guy that, well, he knows people. Maybe right. he can maybe he can do something about it. The VP of fan experience for the Mariners, Malcolm Rogel, is with us on the show. How are you, man? Good, softy. Happy opening day, dude. I love it, man. I appreciate you coming by, and I can't believe that you've been here for 25 years and you and I have never met. You're an Enumclaw guy. That's right. You and Brian Scalabrini yes. are the hearts and minds <laughs> and the soul of Enumclaw. That's right. I'm, you're talking to a Bellevue guy, myself, Good. over here, but we're all Mariner fans, been here for a long damn time, and... Before we talk about what's happening in the stadium and some yeah. of the upgrades and the new food, yeah. I want to ask you about the fried bugs and all that oh, crap yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Uh, what's the buzz like in the office like that? Oh, it's right fantastic. Now, yeah. I mean, morale has never been higher. Really? I mean, everybody's kind of predicting how many wins we're going to have this year. I mean, it's just it's absolutely fantastic to come to the ballpark, open the office, and, like, get after it right yeah. now. I love so it. So cool. I love it. Well, let's talk about what we're going to see when we go inside yeah. because – it's almost like a rite of passage, right? Every year you want to get in the ballpark for the first time in a year. Look at the new sponsors on the wall. Look yep. at the new concessions. What's new? What's gone? What's new? Tell us about kind of your thoughts on what fans should be looking for starting tonight. Absolutely. Well, first of all, there's a bunch of great stuff that we've already put into the building. A lot of new video boards, all the new signage, mm-hmm. some new audio upgrades, some great stuff on the experience side, just on the, the digital side. But on the food and beverage side, we went kind of we went a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out and got the, the hottest pizza place in all of Seattle. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Moto Pizza. Yeah. Moto Pizza is this little mom-and-pop shop, West Seattle. Unbelievable. I went up there and met Lee and his team. Just loves pizza. He has a passion for it. I mean, Why is it so good? Why is it so good? So it's a deep dish Detroit style pizza and it's got that crispy crunch with like every bite, that little like crispy edge. Yeah. And then he runs it through the oven and he puts a fresh topping on top after it comes out of the oven and he makes them so quick. And he's just like so into it. He's like, Malcolm, I want to, I want to make these for the stadium, but I want to change and make a new tin. So he makes this tin that's like a brick size, so that you can stand up and cheer and not lose your pizza everywhere. So wow. he's like thinking all this. Wow. Stuff. Anyways, we're pumped about Moto Pizza. It's a three-month wait to get into Moto Pizza in West Seattle. He opened another location. It's a three-month wait there to huh. even get huh. pizza. Okay. This better be worth it, by the way. Yes. Because you're yes. really selling it, pal, <laughs> and, you're, and, you're, and you're laying it on thick. Now, you told me that this is in right field. Is that correct? It's going to be in right field, but 
like everyone else, we're going to have to wait a little bit. It's going to open in May. Wow. We're getting oh. their whole stand built oh. out. It's going to be amazing. Oh. Well worth the wait. Softy. You're a big tease. You, you know watch. that? You're a big tease. I'm My freaking mouth is watering. You're sitting here you describing this pizza, and then you hit me with May? Opening day of Moto. I'm bringing it to you. I love, Well, that's that's why I invited you over here, that's by the right. way. I was really kind of secretly hoping you would have brought some for me, but you came here Cut the line. empty-handed. Yeah. So we're not getting Moto pizza until May. Okay, okay. so if you you're going inside the building, and yeah. you and I are walking around. You know all the nooks and crannies, the secret spots, the super-duper spots. Give us a little bit of insider knowledge on where we should be going. Yeah, well, the first thing we want to do is, is, is go down to the pen. The pen is full of all sorts of little nooks and crannies that are really great. <laughs> the first one, Edgar's Cantina, Chef Javier, who's our head chef with Sodexo Live, he goes crazy down there with the menu. His brisket quesadilla that he folds up and he kind of does it in a panini style. Again, easy to grab, easy to run with, easy to cheer on and eat at the same time. Really love that brisket quesadilla. The other thing is we put Din Tai Fung, second location in the pen. Yep. So now we got that and you got fryers down there. They can do their full menu. Din Tai Fung is amazing. I don't know if you've had it. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the ballpark setting, it really does well. Yeah. So the quesadilla you're talking about, yeah. which is another thing I was hoping you would have brought with you, that's <laughs> only available at Edgar's Kent. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. It's okay. Exclusive down there in the pen. So sometimes I go out there, yep. and it's a lot to get in. Right? Yep. There's a line. So talk to me about that. About how to move this along so more people can take advantage of what you're talking about. Well, a lot of things we're doing is really trying to analyze where the fans go, yeah. where our pinch points are, move carts around. That's that is a lot of what the fan experience is. Is really how do we get everybody to come in and enjoy their entire time getting around the building, and then once they get to a food stand, get them in and out quick. Right. One thing that we introduced last year, Softy, was the walk-off markets. So these are really incredible. So what you do here is in, you walk up, you dip your credit card upon entry, okay. you go into these markets, anything you grab goes into like a virtual cart. Once you leave the store, everything gets charged and you're out the door. It's 93 seconds wow. on average Great. to get them in and out of those stores. We added three more this year, Softy. So pumped about that. A normal line, we go out there and we time it. It's about 10 to 12 minutes on a big day like tomorrow or like tonight, opening, opening night. It's going to be about 10 to 12 minutes on some of those big lines. And with these fast, <clears throat> excuse me, with these faster games, yeah. we've got to get them back to their seat quicker. Right, right. You know, uh, Malcolm Rogel, again, VP of Fan Experience for the M's, is with us on the air getting ready for tonight's game. I, I've wondered, do you guys actually go out and experience this from, like, my perspective? Like, wait in line, stand there in line, see how long it takes, see what the food tastes like, see what the service is like. Are you doing that? Yeah, absolutely. There's about five or six of us. In fact, our whole department gets cards that they go and they're supposed to try the food in the venue and that's what they're going to eat each night right. so they go back they provide a lot of feedback to us but we also do a giant survey at the end of the, every night every game the fans get this okay and we got seventy four thousand responses to this survey last year yeah it gives us tons of data about was the wait time as expected or was it longer was ga gates getting into the building was that good you know or did you not like that right different things like that and then beyond that we ask them what can we do better and they the fans are really amazing about they really see this as their park 
and they just want it to shine. They want it to yep. be awesome. Yeah. Well, before you go, Malcolm, again, Malcolm Rogel, the VP of Fan Experience for the M's. And uh, bad news on Moto Pizza, wait until May. But we'll just have to kind of put that in the back burner for now and have you back on when that thing I'm launches. In. I saw where the Yankees are doing a smash burger for Aaron Judge. Huh? What are you guys doing? <laughs> well, we got two, and I think they're way better than anything Aaron Judge. Really? Hey, oh, okay. Come on. We'll see. We'll see. Cal what do you got? Zone. Cal Zones. Cal Zones. Cal Zones. So Ballard Pizza. Ethan Who thought Stoll. of that, by the way? Well, you know Ethan Stoll. He's yeah, yeah. a huge restaurant tour in here in Seattle. And as soon as Cal hit that home run, we're like, we got to have a Cal Zone. <laughs> so he's been dialing in that recipe. It's going to be at each of the Ballard Pizza locations. It's huge. You and I are going to have to share this. And those are like, where? In, in those the stadium. Ballard Pizza in the Penn and in the Terrace Club. Gotcha. The other gotcha. one is the Ham Swaggerty. There you go. <laughs> ham Swaggerty. So it's an awesome sandwich. It's the best sandwich in the building. But what we did with the Ham Swaggerty is we put it in those walk-off markets. Because yeah. we wanted to tie it to a fast player at the fast stores. So exclusive to those walk-off markets. Ham Swaggerty. I like both of those, but I got one more uh, suggestion. How about an Astro Sucks sandwich? Oh, How's yeah. How's that? Can you do yeah, that for me? It was on the board. It, kinda, <laughs> it fell off right at the end. But we All had right. it. I love awesome. it. Malcolm, you're the man. Yeah, Have fun tonight. You, Good luck this year, and we'll talk down the road, okay, Go buddy? Learners. Next Go. time, bring pizza with you for I'm crying in. out loud. All I'm right. In. Malcolm Rogel, VP of Fan Experience for the M's. We're going to break. we got a lot more to get to from Jimmy's on first. Steven Souza, the ex-Mariner, is going to join us. There he is right there. Talk some baseball with Steven next on 93.3 KJRFM.